Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here. And with me, as always, is Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you today, Tim? I'm well. How about you? I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm excited about today's conversation. In fact, this is the first of a series of conversations, yeah. which are all coming from a new resource. We're, we'll dig into that in just a minute. But I thought a fun way for us to start, because we're talking about generations today, is actually yeah. we've been talking a lot about generations recently in our office. In fact, we had a bit of fun recently. Yes, we did. Yeah. So I'll let you set that up. Okay. Well, um, every week we have team development time, and we found a game, a board game that we purchased called Mind the Gap. Uh, listeners, I recommend it. It's a fun it's game. It's really fun. Yeah. So it is a board game, but um, for our purposes, we didn't use the board, just the game. Just the trivia. But there are boxes of cards that a baby boomer would understand and remember, mm -hmm. yep. a box that Gen Xers would understand, a box that millennials would understand, and then a box that Gen Z. And it illustrates the fact that we live in such niched worlds that a boomer might have no idea what a Gen Z yeah. uh, would Even though they were alive all of the years mm -hmm. those kids were growing yes, up. Yes, that's, that's kind of right. wild. And Gen Z has read history books, so they... <laughs> would know everything in my life. And YouTube, of course. That's right, yes. of course. Every, so Everything's been archived. What do you think about the idea of us doing one or two of these questions okay. where I read a boomer question to you since I would be from the baby boomer generation and you read a millennial question to me? Would that be? I think this would be fun. Okay. Now, for those listening, we did plan on asking these, but we did not, we don't know what we're about we to We truly hear. don't. So we could be totally embarrassed here live on this recording. Which should not shock anyone. <laughs> It's so, happened before. I'm going to start with a boomer question for you, my millennial friend. Okay, I'll do my best. Uh, what fastener was patented in 1955? So it's something that's common today. It's a fastener. What was patented in 1955? Oh, I don't know. My brain went right to the post-it note, but that's not really a fastener. No. Well, it sort of is. Could it have been the paperclip? Uh, good, good, good uh, question or good, good answer, guess. <laughs> but a good guess. Yeah, that was what I was trying to All say. All right, what was this? Velcro. Velcro. Yeah. yeah. We even have a habitude about that. I should yes, have we known do. that. Uh, I'm ashamed. I'm in trouble. Okay. All right, I've got a couple. Well, I'm, I might ask you two because okay. these are both. Well, fun. I'm going to ask you another one. Okay. So give me one. Okay, I'll one do one. One at a time. Um, what iconic Disney movie series starred Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens? High School Musical. Oh, he nailed it. <laughs> I have two millennial children. I was going to say, yeah. that's your cheating. And thing. I kind of have a, a man crush on Zac Efron, I must oh, okay. admit. Yeah. But that's another podcast for another time. Yeah, we'll, we'll okay. get into that later. Okay. All right. So I have another question okay, for you. Okay, let's do it. This will be a little bit easier, but it's clearly back in the day. Okay. In The Wizard of Oz, what was Dorothy's last name? Oh, man. I'm going to be ashamed of you if you don't know this. Well, I have this feeling that if we weren't recording this right You'd now, be able to have I, it, it yeah. would probably come to my mind. Man, it's not coming to me. Okay. Well, Gale. Dorothy Gale. Dorothy Gale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did remember that. Okay. <laughs> In fact, once I said it. Well, yeah, you, once you said it yeah. out loud, it came right to my head. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, here's your final one. Okay. All right. All right. What famous meme had a cat playing a musical instrument? Do you remember this? What famous meme? Meme. Yes, I understand. Yes, I heard. Yes. Say you it loud and I'll get it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was called Keyboard Cat. 
Oh. Remember that? You do. They have like the space thing yeah, behind them. Yeah, I do. The, I do. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I get on social media once a month, whether I want to or not. <laughs> it just I'm happens kidding. to yeah, you. that's right. Well, if listeners have not heard of Keyboard Cat, there's some great videos out there. So check that out. <clears throat> so listeners, the reason we just did that silly little game is um, clearly there are worlds that we live in. Yeah. And I feel like I learn all the time when I'm with my own adult children, with you, with our Gen Z interns that have been around for uh, the summer. Uh, it's always a world of learning for me. And yeah. you would agree, wouldn't you, that you're always picking things up? On Absolutely. The older and the younger? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'd like to, um, like to kind of move into where we want to go with this. I'd like to talk specifically about how do we not collide but collaborate yeah. with the different generations. Very, very often, if we're not careful, we're stereotyping, yeah. which puts a wall instead of a bridge between uh, generations. And I just think that's what we got to focus on. It's so uh, easy to do. We hear about culture wars today. I wonder if some of the culture wars that are going on might really be, not all, but some, generational wars. Yeah. Where I just think I'm... I'm really centered on my generation. I think the answers that I think of are right, yep. assumed. Yep. And of course, another generation might think the same thing. Or when I face an obstacle or a problem, I look out at the world and go, well, if it wasn't for that generation and what they're doing, this problem wouldn't exist. Yes. I see that kind of thing happening all the oh time, my old and young. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. So in our very office, mm -hmm. in uh, on our very team, you remember this because you've been on the leadership team for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. For years, our chief operations officer hosted weekly leadership team meetings yep. and did not allow any team member, any team leader, to bring their laptop or portable device with them because she thought, well, they're probably getting distracted. Yeah. They're probably getting posts or sending text messages, so don't bring them. And I'm guessing, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're probably thinking, I'm actually wanting to take notes now. Yeah. So Matt, who now does lead, our, is a millennial, and yep. he... Oh, bring them. Yes. In fact, I'm expecting you to bring them because, you know, you're going to If you wanna... don't have it, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, almost. that's right. Yeah. In fact, we're all tuned into Google Docs and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. And to me, it was, um, I, I know the two generational perspectives. One generation perspective is technology is m as much a hindrance as it is a help. Right. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. uh, maybe a person from an older generation might say. Whereas a younger person would say, I'm going to try and trust that even though it can be a distraction in this moment, it's going to be used the right way. And that was definitely the tension that I felt as a millennial in one of those thinking, yeah. am I not trusted to be able to be focused here? Um, and, and often that's just because of a miscommunication. That's what was happening yeah. there. I think, yeah. So. so down through human history, as I dig and research, we've always been aware of young and old because there's always been young and old. But lifespans were shorter, so the mm -hmm. old and young weren't that far apart as they are today. Yeah. Today, seven generations are alive right now. It's so wild. we'll get into that in just a minute. Yeah. But um, 20th century philosopher Jose Ortega Gasset said generations, the word, the term, the idea, generations, is the most important concept in history. That's wild. So, <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> even bigger than I think. Yeah. But um, here's why I think he said that. When we begin to understand why your thinking might be the way it is, I can see that the time you grew up brings special things, yep. important things, valuable things that I wouldn't have because I didn't grow up in the same world that you grew yep. up. I, I, I looked at it a completely different way because I was 35 when you were born or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I think that this thing was present probably when uh, Jose Ortega says this, yeah. you know, in the early 20th century. Today, I think it's even yeah. more apparent, even more intense. So the conversation about the different generations only started in the 20th century, at least became popular in the 20th century. So in terms of 
human history, that's really recent. Yes, quite recent. And of course, with the launch of screens in our life, which were first public, now our screens are private, mm -hmm. they're on a portable device, yep. we can be further niched into our own little world. Absolutely. And I think because of that, it's my theory, but I think it's easy, easier to make assumptions when I don't understand you and yep. that Insta or Finsta account you've yeah, got. Yeah. Oh, you're so crazy. You yeah. know, and we, we just begin to judge instead of saying, why do I, I yeah. need to understand. Yep. Yeah. That. Because it ultimately would take work to build that yeah. bridge to that person and get to know their uh, uniqueness that may be inside or outside of their generation that they were born in. Yeah. Right? Uh, that work is often not happening. In a meeting the other day, I told you my new favorite quote for this month was from none other than Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. But he said, I don't like that person. I must get to know them better. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Yes. So instead of saying, I don't like them, I'm going to avoid them. I want to I figure out why I, yeah, what we they're all We need a little about. more of that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So here's, a, here's an illustration of how we can draw conclusions. I'm going to tell something on me. Okay, I'm the okay. brunt of this story. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. But um, in the room today are two of my family members, my yeah, wife and my this daughter. Is fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. <laughs> Um, but um, f a few years back, we took a trip to um, England and France. We were celebrating two graduations. Awesome. My daughter from graduate school and my son from college. Mm -hmm. And so we're in Paris. And I remember one particular day, it wasn't earth shattering, but we were in a, a cafe. And I remember when we were done, I'm hyper time conscious, probably to a fault. <laughs> yeah. We won't have anybody mention anything about that. No, we won't. Summer, no, but, we won't. But I'm just very time conscious. And I'm thinking... Why isn't the waitress bringing the check? We're yeah. done. Come on. Yeah. In America, we know how to do this, you know, because we're, we're very time sensitive. <laughs> well, she's not bringing the check, not bringing the check, not bringing the check. And then I look around. She's not bringing anybody's check. So I'm thinking huh. this. She's not even doing her job now. There, she's not even doing her job. Well, <laughs> it all becomes clear to me later. I finally wave my hand and she brings it over. Yeah. Doesn't seem to say, oh, I'm so sorry. She's not sorry for anything. She brings the check. And I begin to make comments about first in my head and then to others. Yeah. And I learned later in Europe, it's very different than it is in America. Imagine that. Yeah. So in America, as soon as, sometimes in a restaurant, as soon as they bring your food, they say, here's a check. No hurry. Yeah. I just want to, you know, I know you might be in a rush. Yeah. In Europe, it's very common to say, you're going to linger here and want to linger here until you tell me mm -hmm. you don't want to linger anymore. So it would be rude to bring the check until you motion. So I'm drawing this assumption, she didn't like Americans. Yeah. Well, that's so wrong. Yeah. Uh, she, she may not like Americans. And I <laughs> may be reason. because of the check. That, that's yeah. right. But, but see, that's what we do. It's what yeah. we do with generations. It's what we do with genders. And so we just got to break that and we got to come out of our shell and begin to learn. It's amazing. Both In both instances, it's about the definition of rudeness yeah. in that case, right? Yeah, one, it's, it's rude not to bring it. One, it's rude to bring it too yeah. early. And uh, just, just such a reminder to me, it doesn't happen in daily interactions. Somebody yes. does something and you're like, how could they be so? Whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And, and suddenly you discover later. I, yeah. I, w I was the one who was seeing it all. Right. Yes. That, that was the epiphany. So a typical thing that happens in offices, I'm sure listeners, you've had this happen to you, perhaps, it, you know, maybe you're, I don't know, 50, in your 50s, and then a 20-something sends you a text message about what they're going to do. Text message? What are you sending in the text? And they're thinking, oh, this is appropriate that I would even tell you. Yeah. And you're going, I've gone out message, of my way. Yeah. You need to come to me face to face and, you yeah. know, build your interpersonal skills or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's me in many ways. But I realized, no, 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 no. I need to understand yeah. before 
before I'm understood. Well, so. I love that as a foundation of the conversation we're having today, as well as uh, into the other episodes where uh, we're going to record about this new resource, because I think this is exactly the place we got to come to. It's sort of a baseline assumption that it is possible if that person was born in a different generation than me, that I might need to stop, yeah. take a second yeah. and maybe learn a bit, listen a bit before I uh, I engage with that person or make assumptions about that. And isn't that just true in life? You yeah. know? But it's especially true in this conversation about no, no doubt about it. So getting back to my little cafe in Paris uh, where I misbehaved, uh, just just as knowing where a person grew up is often very helpful yeah. to know why they behave the way they do, knowing when a person grew up is often a very helpful thing. Yes. To just to know love that. you grew up in the 90s and yeah. the first decade of the... T- oh, of course. And you would know blah, blah, blah. And probably you could help me with you know, X, Y, Z. I love that. Yeah. So Chip Conley, um, I really enjoy reading after him. He did a book called Wisdom at Work, and he explains that today's unprecedented age diversity, I like that, um, in the workplace can be confusing as we may have drastically different value systems and really work systems at play. But he talks about this concept of understanding each generation, just like we believe here, and when we understand values and systems of different generations, we can capitalize on them. Mm. So instead, far too often, though, we stereotype. Uh, when we don't think long and hard, yeah. we stereotype. Okay, so um, let's get really practical on that because I love, I, I totally agree. We stereotype so quickly. We just talked about several examples yeah. of that. But let's do that really quick. If okay. there were stereotypes about some yeah. of the generations in the workplace, what do you think some of those are? Okay. Well, I would say it's very common for the builder generation. That would yeah. be the oldest generation that's past retirement that might still be hanging around doing, yeah. doing work. Uh, the builder generation, they're all antiquated. Yeah. The baby boomers, they're all stubborn, right? And <laughs> I we know, have, I maybe know a few of those. We've met a few of those. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about them, of course. Yes, naturally. Uh, Gen Xers are all skeptical. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, millennials are all narcissistic. Yep, you hear that. And, of course, Gen Zers, they're all fragile snowflakes. They're yeah. all fragile snowflakes. <laughs> they can't handle life. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and uh, we do hear educators even say, they know better, but at first swipe, we just, ugh. Yeah. And if we don't go deeper, we can just carry that. And now we find what we look for. Yeah. If I look for snowflakes, I am going to find them. Yeah. In fact, I'll find them in my generation. Yeah. So we've got to, in fact, Andrew, I think here's part of the problem. I, this is just a thought. Yeah. But when I have a thought, I want to share it because they're, they're lonely up there in my brain. <laughs> uh, I think our world has gone from synthesized maybe 100 or 200 years ago where we were with aunts and uncles very often on the farm. Yeah, everything's mixed together. To polarized. Yeah. And even our very society today segments us. So think about it. Schools were once a one-room schoolhouse where a 7-year-old and a 12-year-old might learn together. In fact, one might be helping the other. The 12-year-old might help the 7-year-old with spelling. Yeah. In our churches, for instance, at one time we're all learning and children are learning to be respectful in the worship service. Mm-hmm. Now, segmented. Yeah. Sixth grade boys, sixth grade boys all together. Yeah. Now, there might be good reason, but sixth <laughs> yes. grade boys, not with Occasionally, the Occasionally, yes. But, yeah. but that segmentation is a pro and a con. Yeah. We know what the pro is, but the con is you're not building emotional intelligence, perhaps, that you could use when you're mixing it up with different generations. Yeah. Uh, television shows. At one time, we all together sat down and watched mm-hmm. a black and white TV. Yeah. I'm proof of this. Yeah. You know, I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, yep. or Andrew Griffith. They were family shows for the whole family. But in the 60s, the first teen show showed up that was niche for teens. Mm-hmm. The advertising was for teens. So they can live in their world. Yep. Not criminal, but very different from what mom and dad are like. And then think, I think about it. my in-laws that I adore, Jay and Jackie, 
they're in a retirement village where they're with other 85 to 95 year old people. Yeah. So we're not helping. Well, we are helping, but not like we once did mm -hmm. helping an older generation retire. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. I'm around them every day. Yeah. So the point is we, we got we to gotta break through these niches and somehow find each other and learn from each other. That is so true. Such a good insight. Well, Tim, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, Tim's going to walk us through and give us some advice on how to think better about the different generations around us. So we'll be right back. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here. I'd like to tell you about a brand new book from our very own Dr. Tim Elmore that you can pre-order right now. This book is called A New Kind of Diversity, Making the Different Generations on Your Team a Competitive Advantage. If you've been around growing leaders for very long, you know that we talk a lot about generations. Starting way back in 2010, Tim wrote his very first book on generations called Generation IY. And even back then, we began to see the importance of understanding how birth years can affect the way we think and interact with one another. But Tim, I want you to tell us about it because this new book discusses the topic of generations from a little bit of a different direction. So tell us a little bit more about this book. Yeah, so I've been intrigued by generations for my entire career, dating back to the late the 1980s when the boomers and Xers were new kids on the block. But in 2001, I did a book called Nurturing the Leader Within Your Child, where I put the very first generation chart uh, in that book. And ever since that time, I've just been intrigued what if we could get beyond just studying the younger generation, learn about all the generations? So if we're not careful, we can merely get frustrated with older or younger generations around us. I think that's happened probably to all of us. Um, our kids, our colleagues, our athletes, our coaches, they're all either old school or new wave. In this book, I identify the items that shaped the builder generation, the baby boomers, the Xers, the millennials, and Gen Zers, and what they offer to the rest of us, along with what they need. The entire book is about how to leverage each generation to be a competitive advantage rather than a disadvantage because we're colliding, not collaborating. I'm so excited to get this book into the hands of, of people. I'm so excited about it too. I'm personally really excited to get my hands on this book. It's going to be a fantastic resource and it's really gonna work for literally anyone who works alongside colleagues from a different generation. Whether they're older than you or younger than you, you're gonna learn more about who they are, how they grew up and how to interact with them well. So what I wanna challenge you to do is click the link in the description in order to pre-order a new kind of diversity right now. You can also go to the website newdiversitybook.com um, in order to pre-order it there. The book is going to be released on October 25th, but I wanna ask you to do us a favor. In fact, it's a favor for our dear friend, Dr. Tim Elmore. Don't wait for the release of the book in order to buy it. Go ahead and pre-order it right now. What this does is it actually makes the book a little bit more of a success for Tim. It's gonna get into more people's hands and more people are gonna hear about it around the country and around the world. So be sure to click that link in the description and pre-order Tim's new book, A New Kind of Diversity, today. Thanks. Okay, Tim, we're back. So we've talked about the different stereotypes that we might have, but help us think about how do we approach this better? What, what sort of mindset should we be in to start or to stop rather doing some of these stereotypical uh, things and instead think a little bit differently yeah. about this subject? Well, one thing you and I have enjoyed really informally is reverse mentoring. Yes. And I want to talk about that in a minute because okay. I learn from you every time I'm with you and I'm hoping that I add some value to you. If, you certainly if, do. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I, 
<laughs> okay. So Adam Grant, I really like this guy at University of Pennsylvania. He talks about young geniuses and old masters. Yeah. Both have something very different to offer. But what if we looked at the, you're, oh, you're one of the young geniuses. Yeah. I think you're one of the young geniuses. Thank you very much. And, and I believe that from my generation, there are a number of people you go, I respect that person. I could learn from them. Yes. They're an old master. Yes. Um, what if we approach them? That would be number one. So seasoned veterans may say, derogatorily, maybe, but I have lots of experience you need to learn from. A rookie might say, yes, but as life changes so rapidly, you may have experience in the wrong things. Yeah. So I know one of the reasons why my generation starts feeling like I'm, I'm a bit about to be outdated. I may yeah. lose my job. Yeah. Millennials are, are leapfrogging into leadership positions mm -hmm. uh, across the country. And one of the reasons is the experience they need is pretty current. Yeah. And they got three years in the right stuff. Yep. I might have 30 years in something that's no longer, yeah. I'm showing people how to watch or listen to eight track tapes, yeah. you know, and they're yeah. going, sorry, Bob, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm an expert no, at I'm writing radio ads yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah. So one of my favorite illustrations of this is Tony Pelissino. Mm. I've told you, we talked about this yes, story. Yeah. So true story, folks listening. Tony was uh, uh, a college student at, o at uh, Ohio University a okay. few years ago, two years ago, actually, senior year. He had a part-time job. And unlike many college students, he actually loved his part-time job. Yeah. He worked at a Sherwin-Williams paint store part-time. Okay. Yeah. And while he was working there, he began to mix paint colors and got very creative. So after hours, he would mix white paint with blueberries. He'd put blueberries in white paint and make this really radiant shade of blue. That's cool. Took pictures, started a TikTok account. Okay. Well, the TikTok account blew up. By the time he had 1.4 million followers on TikTok, he thought, we could monetize this at the store. Yeah. You know, thinking I need to talk to the, the head honcho. That's, that's exactly Sherwin right. Williams. So he plans and puts together a slide deck and plans his presentation on how this could be part of the marketing to a whole demographic that they're probably not reaching. Yeah. So when he offered to show the slide deck, he did not get one interested person, not one yes, nobody even curious about a slide in his deck. What he did get was something he didn't expect. He got fired. That's insane. Yeah. He got fired. Now, there are probably parts to the story we don't understand, but here's something I know I don't understand. Why they didn't, didn't at least listen? Yeah. That's 1.4 million people they're probably not reaching because, yeah. well, in fact, he got 37 million likes. So more than 1.4 million are even seeing what he's doing. That's so crazy. So Tony is fired. Yeah. He moves to Florida. He's got his own paint store of now. Of course he does. Two million followers on TikTok. He took his TikTok account with him, I That's, think. Yes, I think he did. <laughs> yeah. But all I'm saying is this marvelous brand that we all appreciate, Sherwin-Williams, missed an opportunity yep. that they shouldn't have missed. Man, that is so huge. And this is ultimately, I think, the, the biggest mistake of all is when we make those assumptions, it's the ideas that are left on the table, the opportunities yes. that are left on the table, yeah. because the best version of what you can put together, whatever organization you're in, whether you're in a school yeah. and you're thinking about all the different teachers you have, or you're in a company and you're thinking about all the different leaders you have, the best outcome for your company, for your business, for your school, whatever it is, is that all of those generations come together. Yes. And that, I feel like we've got that a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, so I would say what I'm trying to do in my mind is instead of stereotyping negatively, think about all the possibilities they might bring with them. So what if we thought that builder generation often brings with them sage wisdom and fierce loyalty? I my mom that. and dad were that. My in-laws are that right yeah. now. Baby boomers often bring stories and experience. Yes. We could benefit from those. Yep. Gen X often brings pragmatic, 
wisdom and contrarian insights. Yeah. So they've got a contrarian point of view, a little bit skeptical sometimes. Uh, millennials often bring confidence and idealism. Yep. They've got ideals that they've still held, held fast. And I love this. We've learned from this. Yes, we have. Uh, Generation Z often brings a hacker mindset beyond technology. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hack this and figure out how it works. And then an entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. So we've got... Uh, We've, we've got interns that several of them are making up stuff they want to do. And, yeah. Uh, it's just fun. So that just puts me in a whole nother frame of mind yes. as I come to work. If you're going to stereotype, at least Let's, balance yeah. it out. You That's know what I'm right. saying? Like, think about the positive stereotypes mm -hmm. and the negative ones. I yeah. love that. So I think there's a case study in you and me. Yeah. I don't want to embarrass you. I'll, but I'll try I not to be embarrassed. Okay. Well, Andrew, you and I meet on a regular basis mm -hmm. every yeah. other week, planned, and then sometimes more than that. Yeah. But I feel like as we think about content, we're sitting together, down together, and even accidentally, I'll learn something from you. You'll learn something from me. I think I'm safe to say that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember last time we were talking about your new book yeah. that's going to come out next year, and yeah. you're saying, "What do you think? Yeah, but what about this? What about? Oh, well, here's what I would. Here's what I learned on book number seven for me. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then next minute, I'm going, Andrew. What do I need to do here with yeah. this technology? Yeah. Oh, here's what I, you know, and I ask you, how did you know to do that? And you'll say, how did you not know? You know, <laughs> that's our but, famous phrase. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but here's what I love about us, I think. Yeah. We check our egos at the door. Yeah. I don't think we have an ego problem, um, uh, at least when we meet with yeah. each other. We remain hungry to grow. Uh, we put the mission first. You and I both love this mission. Yeah. And then lastly, we want to add value to each other. Yep. And I feel like it's been fun. I love the people younger than me, by the way, which is everybody <laughs> in our office uh, that I can learn from. Yeah. Well, the feeling is mutual as well. And, and that's what we're trying to say about, about uh, what happens when generations come together, right? Even though I might have uh, I might be more fluent in some of the technology aspects of mm -hmm. what we do in our content department. Yeah. I am regularly coming back to you and going, what's the best practice here? What's the principle here? Yeah. What do I, what do we want to make sure we don't forget? Yeah. Right. Cause I am always concerned yes. about throwing the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and get yeah. chasing after something so hard that we miss the yeah. really important thing that mm -hmm. we used to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I think about, you know, over the years I've written out some rules for our content department. They're basically Good. sort of like guidelines that help yes. direct us every single one of them has come from conversations with you mm. of knowing no matter how we change, we got to make yes. sure we don't, um, we don't step on our toes here or, or we don't forget about this really important principle mm. that was that. there at the founding of growing leaders. Yeah. So, um, it, that happens every single time we get together. So I'm, I'm very awesome. thankful for timely that. Timely and timeless. It's timely true. And timeless. It's true. It's true. Well, um, I think you had one last story you wanted to tell, yeah. um, where, it was really another great example, just to sort of put the cookies on the bottom shelf for us of what might this look like when an adult gets this right. Yeah. Well, Megan Gerhardt um, has done some stuff on this topic, and I really respect her. She's a PhD, a professor at Miami uh, University in Ohio, mm -hmm. and she was leading her class in a discussion on the topic of diversity. Yeah. So one of her assignments was, think about a work team you've served on and how diversity played a positive role in progress and success. So one student uh, stood up and said, or actually went to uh, Dr. Gerhardt and said, I'm from a rural area and we have no diversity on our big farm crew. Uh, all, all the others are white males. Yeah. And so instead of Megan saying, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, no worries. Yeah, you get a she, pass. You don't have to yeah, do this. Yeah. She said, um, Dr. Gerhardt responded, push yourself to expand your idea of diversity past gender and ethnicity. And the students, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, what about the different generations on that work crew? Mm -hmm. And it was an epiphany. This young student said, oh my gosh, we've got 17-year-olds, we got 78-year-olds. Yep. So that's four generations right there. No kidding. Actually, maybe more than that. Yeah. 
So they all, she, she facilitated this as a university student. Okay, let's sit down and learn from each other. Well, the older generation had obvious things they could add from their years of experience on land and livestock. But the younger generation are thinking, you know, we could use drones better, yeah. to, you know, to figure out what's happening with, uh, you know, the corn over here. And it turned out to be an incredibly positive growth experience because everybody got to play to their strength. I love it. I love it. Maybe that's exactly, that might even be an activity you want to do with one of your students, but that's exactly the kind of perspective where we're helping one another see the advantages and values that we all bring together. So Tim, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Well, you guys have already heard us talk about it, but Tim does have a brand new book coming out called A New Kind of Diversity. Uh, we are so excited about this resource coming out. So I want to invite you, in fact, you can click the link in the show notes, but I want to invite you to go to newdiversitybook.com and pre-order that today. It's a really fantastic book. I've gotten a preview of it. You're going to love it. It's going to be extremely helpful. Whether you're thinking about older generations you work with or younger generations <laughs> you work with, that basically includes uh, all of us. So I definitely encourage you to head on over to newdiversitybook.com and pick up a copy of that today. Well, as always, if you would rate our podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, that would be a great help to us. If you found this episode particularly helpful and you thought of someone, we invite you to share that, pass it along to somebody who you think might really enjoy it. If you want to connect with us online on social media, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore, pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, uh, maybe it's people you think we should interview or subjects you think we should cover, uh, perhaps you got an idea for Tim's next book, we invite all of that. Uh, get, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Well, as always, thank you guys so much for listening, Tim. Thank you for sharing your sage wisdom with us, and we'll see you next time.